Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 14. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week, we'll be talking about a Christmas horror story, because it's holiday time. It is. Merry Christmas. And happy time, holidays. Time for horror. Yeah. This is specifically a Christmas horror story. It is indeed. We don't have to be inclusive. Yeah. Just Christmas. The way it should be. In Trump's America. In Trump's America. Trump's America is a Christmas horror story. <laughs> this is an anthology horror movie. Is it, though? Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't describe it that way, because it's not like... It's not like Extraordinary Tales, where it was like one story, two story, three story, four story. It's more like Love Actually. Which is an anthology Christmas movie. I don't think that's an yes, anthology. It All right. It's, it's separate stories that like tie into each other. This has fewer stories than Love Actually, but... I feel like other anthology things I've heard don't tie into each other. This is... A, uh, it, it, there are different ways of doing anthology. Okay, okay. I guess we just have different definitions of what an anthology is. And is it any good up front for the listener? I am of two minds. I remember when we started watching it, it said, I looked at the rating that it has on Netflix and it said three stars. Yeah. And I think that's about where I'd put this, maybe two and a half. Yeah. Um... Some of the stories are better than others. Yes. So some, I would give specific stories like a three-star rating, but it gets kind of dragged down by other worse stories, so. I would agree. So let's get into it. Mm -hmm. It starts with a credit sequence that is accompanied by a, like, robotic child voice singing Carol of the Bells. Which I have a real problem with. I don't like any version of Carol of the Bells where there are words. I really prefer it just instrumental so anytime Hark, it starts out how it's the like, bells sweet silver bells the wreath on the door the wreath oh they the, do pronounce wreath as wreath wreath which is weird i just hate and, it it's it seems so forced to me to be like let's just force some words into it sounds like these um, musical phrases like it just it sounds bad i agree in part because it's like a it's like a daft punk voice kind of like it vocoded is. it's so weird it's very odd it's supposed it's, to sound creepy it doesn't really no. work well did you notice that lyrics were changed to be about changelings and demons i did not because i did and that's how i knew that one of these stories was about a changeling oh because it's like, is that why you knew changelings are here bringing the fear i don't know something oh. like that well, that yeah. makes me hate it even more. Yeah. Stop giving the twists away. I hated it, though. I, it was so stupid and try-hard. It was very trite. But then we get into the movie, which mm -hmm. is... We're going to talk about this... Story by story. Story by story. In the context of the movie, it is... It cuts between them, and it's just... We get a little piece of this, and then it goes to another piece. It's probably unrelated, which I don't think it's edited that well. It's not edited very well. It does not seem to move with purpose or with um, intent at all. Yeah. It's sort of just like every time there's a cliffhanger or like yeah. a big scary moment, it moves the story, which just feels very obvious. Right. But we also have a frame story, which is about DJ Dangerous Dan. William Shatner. I don't know what on earth he's doing in this movie. <laughs> it's great, though. But he's this like right wing DJ talking about his right to talk about Jesus Yes. He likes Jesus before he went all hippie with the sandals. Mm -hmm. So he likes Old Testament Jesus. and Jesus isn't in the Old Testament. I don't know what he's talking about. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. He likes baby Jesus? He likes baby Jesus. Yeah. yeah. He likes Christmas. And um, he is very crotchety, but he like he's, has a soft spot, you can tell. Um, so these there's like segments of him talking. He's just really like monologuing about Christmas. 
And the town. And the town, which, by the way, it's Bailey Downs. And I went and looked that up. And it turns out Bailey Downs is the town from Ginger Snaps? And this is directed by three guys. Uh, I should say their names. Grant Harvey, Stephen Hoban, and Brett Sullivan. One of them was the producer of all the Ginger Snaps movies. Another one worked on a Ginger Snaps sequel. And I went to look this up. And apparently Bailey Downs is also in the show Orphan Black. Because the director of Ginger Snaps created Orphan Black. Which is weird to think about. So all this no takes idea. place in this shared Ginger Snaps, Orphan Black, Christmas Horror Story universe. Which is kind of explains crazy. why, like, the one of the premises of this movie is that Bailey Downs is, like, fucked up. Yeah. That it's, like, a town that you do not want to live in. They have a lot of bad stuff happening. Like, it makes sense that Ginger Snaps would also be in this universe. It's like Sunnydale in Buffy. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's, on, just, it's on a Hellmouth. Yeah, Hellmouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, we get... His monologues, my favorite interjection is he'll be playing a Christmas song, and I wrote this down because all he says is, yes, Dangerous Dan, let's cut to another Christmas classic. And then he starts playing another song, like... Not a Christmas classic, either. Yes! <laughs> yes! Me. Dangerous Dan, here we are. But yeah, he's, um, he's like a regular old kind of guy, and... Yeah, intermittently, a regular guy. Intermittently, we also hear, like, there's a... The weatherman's name is Storman Norman. Yeah. And he goes to the mall... There's a charity food drive. Yes. Which is also mentioned in other stories. Yes, this charity food drive. And so he goes to the... Like, Norman is going to the mall to help mm-hmm. with this food drive, and then we hear intermittently that there's some kind of chaos happening yeah. in this food drive, like, something bad has happened... Um, people need to stay away from it. So that's just sort of like a... In the background. Very much in the background throughout the entire story. I do want to say, I think that you're right that this isn't like a normal anthology movie with discrete segments, like, say, Trick or Treat or something, where Mm -hmm. it's like, it's still all taking place in the same universe on the same night, but we're we're moving from from segment to segment. Yeah. I think the way that this cuts between the stories is really, really sloppy, but this universe does feel very lived in. The way that... um, one of the characters in the first story we're about to talk about talks about how he was supposed to be volunteering at the charity food drive mm-hmm. and how some of these characters are like dating each other or they go to the same high school or a cop who figures in the backstory of, again, of their story, of their story is, is a main character, is a main story. character in his own story. And I think that's yes. I actually think, really good. I think the tie-ins were good. And there's that and Dangerous Dan is the grandfather of the children who we see in a different story. Yep. So there's a lot of tie-ins and it does feel like, Bailey Downs to me did feel like a town mm-hmm. where i know the, who these people are right. and what they're like and what the schools are like and what the people are like i just i, I did feel like i knew bailey downs when we finished the yeah. movie do you want to segue into our first story sure so none of these have actual titles because again it just cuts between them we called this horror in the hallways which is the tv show that these three teenagers are filming for yeah. when they break into a school to a like school. investigate a murder that had been committed a year before so a year before on christmas eve Two students were found dead. By, Horrifyingly. By Scott the cop and his partner. And they're going to break in. They're going to figure out what's going on. Because they... I mean, it's probably a web series, right? They're probably making a web series. I called, thought so, yeah. yeah. Horror in the Hallways is like their web series. And um, and she, the girl is the host. I don't remember any of their names. Molly. Molly's the girl. Um, ben the, is sort of a dorky guy. And then... There's another kid. The other kid who's dating Caprice, right? Who yes. is in the other story. So the, the murder was very like horrifying and graphic a man was crucified or and a boy it, it's a teenager. A, a teenager was crucified and then the other girl was really kind of just roughed up and hanging from the ceiling mm-hmm. and then do you remember the words that were on this on the wall unto us a child is born unto us a child a son is given a son is given so from the bible um, from isaiah verse 9 chapter 6 i believe <laughs> because molly knows this for some reason she looked it up does she 
I'm sure, I mean, this is the thing. She had, like, the first thing we see of them is that she's playing this, like, video that she's obtained somehow from the police yeah. that has Scott, the cop, and his partner investigating. And uh, we know from that point that he has, like, a mental breakdown because of, or he leaves for stress, stress yeah. leave um, because of what he's seen. And so she, I think, has got a hold of that video and then did a bunch of research so that she could come uh, in and be the host of this show. That makes more sense. Because she seems like she knows what she's doing. She's a pretty good oh, yeah, little, yeah. like... As far as paranormal investigative teens go. Yes. Uh, she could join the Scooby gang. They were, they're very much like a little Scooby gang. But they get trapped in this school. Specifically in the basement, mm-hmm. um, which used to be a convent? The school used to be a convent, yeah. And they tell the story about a nun who um, got pregnant out of wedlock. And, and wanted an abortion. And died somehow yeah i couldn't tell whether she like had the baby or whether they were giving her an abortion and then she died it's not very clear it was very it was very well it's also it's also it's urban legend so it's like the details wouldn't be super explicit the way that when you tell these stories you know things get muddled up or mythologized that's very true and that's kind of how it is is it's just this story but it turns out that it's real yeah this the ghost of this nun this is a key thing also is that she she told everyone that the baby didn't have a father and that she was basically like the Virgin Mary. Yeah. And so I think that the ghost's purpose is like to make the baby exist so that it can be Jesus. Right. Right? Like that's kind of the, the goal. So she is possessing girls to make them pregnant. Yes. And she tries. That's that's how the original teenagers died because... They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't have sex when she, like, possessed them. Right. But Molly and the other guy, Ben, do. So now she's going to have a baby, and it's going to be Jesus or a demon. Yeah. One of the two. (laughs) So that's the story of this. I think it's actually pretty scary. I think it's done pretty well. It really scared me. I jumped out of my seat, because it's this really creepy moment where it's it's in the video that they're watching in the car, and Scott the cop, who we'll meet again later, um, has his flashlight, and he's, like, looking around, and he starts singing the like the lyrics to Away in a Manger. Mm-hmm. But like not like he's singing it, like he's hearing it and he's singing along with it, which does come up later that she's like the ghost is singing. Abortion it. ghost. Abortion ghost a nun abortion ghost is singing uh, Away in a Manger. So he's singing Away in a Manger in this kind of distant way. And then the dead girl falls out of the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And it legitimately like terrified me yeah so we were like this i think this was probably there's two that i would consider pretty scary this one was definitely up there for me it's shot really well there's good use of both darkness and um camera movement both like Mm -hmm. so they're they're trapped in this basement and they're stuck there and they have to go between rooms navigating like Mm -hmm. oh we gotta wait till morning i guess someone will realize we're missing Mm -hmm. and i just think that it's it's really well done. Um, there's lots of stuff going on in the background. They're in a room where there's um, mannequins being stored. Nativity for, mannequins. Yeah, For yeah, a Christmas yeah. pageant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they're really scary. They're horrifying. And again, nothing happens like supernatural with them. Mm-mm. They're just in the background. And I guess mannequins are just scary. But <laughs> Which we know from Christmas. Eve. There's a shot There's a shot where there's like a wise man behind Molly's head. And they keep like cutting to her. And I keep being like, oh my god, I'm so scared of what's going to happen. And nothing happened, which I think is even like better that they yeah. didn't do like a cheap move where the mannequin's head would move or something. They just let that be terrifying. And there's a lot of great, um, they're in like total darkness. So, but they have flashlights. Right. So whenever they're like kind of moving with their flashlights, there's that feeling of like, if you move the flashlight in either direction, you could see something. And yep. that's, that's always so scary. And a lot of the, the greatest thing about this segment, I thought, was that not a lot happened. Yeah. Like 
there weren't a lot of big horror moments. It really was just the horror... The suspense. ...of, of three kids yeah. being stuck down there on Christmas Eve. And all the things they're saying, it's like, oh my, you know, my mom will notice we're missing because I'm supposed to be this charity food drive. Or, or Caprice will know we're missing because... Uh, she knows that we're here right. and she'll tell her parents. We know at this point also, because we're cutting of these sort of stories, that neither of those people are going to help them. Right. Which is also very scary. Yeah. So that was kind of the benefit of having all those stories being told at the same time. Because you did get little moments like that where you're like, no, Caprice is not going to help you. She, Definitely. she has her own problems Definitely. right now. There was a moment I really liked. It's a good fake out. So this poor other guy whose name we don't remember. Um, yeah, I don't remember it. Hot Asian. Bad. He is a hot Asian. He has to go to the bathroom, and he takes, I don't know, it's like a pole. A, it's the staff from oh, it's one a staff of the wise, from a wise men, men, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. To the bathroom. And there's a lot of, you know, it's very tense. He's going down the hallway to this bathroom. He smells something weird. It's building a lot of suspense. And we know something's going to happen to him. We know. We've seen horror movies. Mm-hmm. Something's going to happen to him. There's a great moment where he looks in the mirror, and there's nothing there, and he washes his hands. Oh, that part of me so And he tense. looks back up, and again, we know what's going to happen. There's going to be something in the mirror. But no, the scary thing isn't even with him. It's back with Molly and Ben in the other room. Yes. And I actually thought it was executed really well. I know it sounds really stupid to describe it like this, like, oh, they didn't do the trope? How surprising. It's actually executed really well. Because the suspense, you know it's coming, and you're still, like, bracing yourself for the jump scare. And then there isn't one. And there isn't one. But then you're, like, still waiting for it. The thing about jump scares is that after there's a jump scare, you get a release. And there were some jump scares. Like I said, I really jumped when she fell out of the ceiling. But a lot of it was, like, you're tense the whole time because nothing's happening. And that is actually can be a really good device in horror movies mm-hmm. to have nothing happen so you're just on edge for something to happen the whole time i know you don't like this movie but the the witch was like that I oh thought. yeah you don't like the witch either what are you talking about i liked it more than you did i think don't put that on me <laughs> i'm not the only person who didn't like the vivich the vivich what do you think of the the idea of a ghost possessing molly to fuck ben and get her pregnant and then give her her body back I thought that was really interesting. Well, did she give her her body back? Yeah, because there's the moment where Molly's like, oh my God, what did you just do to me? Right, but then when she's leaving, she is she's singing the song. That's true. I didn't. I thought that she was kind of just guiding her. I don't think she can continue to possess her outside of the school. Right. It felt like you needed to be in the school. So she was just kind of, I think, leading her out of the school to make her abandon her other two friends who were there. But I agreed. I was like, what's going to stop her from getting an abortion when she gets out there? Yeah. Um... But maybe the the nurse nurse the nun ghost just um, had enough faith or something. She or does fe- have faith, or felt like she was inside of her head enough to communicate to Molly that this baby needed to be born, mm-hmm. something like that. But there is a very creepy moment where she is Molly is walking back up the stairs and the door is now open and she's leaving the school and she's humming away in a manger yeah so you know that there's something she's been either, touched by this yeah. either the ghost is still inside of her or she has been changed by the ghost my last thing on this segment is unfortunately i think the makeup on abortion ghost isn't great no it's really bad yeah and there's really good makeup elsewhere in this movie mm-hmm. and it's a weird shame again it's it's strange because this is they're not discrete segments so we're cutting between segments that have just awesome camera work great lighting and then the trashiest dumbest cheesiest filth so it's it's, very odd it's It's, very strange it's not consistent it's very strange but i agree she didn't look great but everything else i think looked really good i thought it was i I think this was like a solid story yeah definitely definitely Mm -hmm. so that brings us to our next story which features caprice and her family and caprice is the girlfriend of 
hot Asian. Hot Asian who we don't remember the name of. I feel so bad. He was good too. But yeah, Caprice is his uh, girlfriend and it's, she was the one who gave them the keys to the yeah. school in the first place, but then she's going on this vacation with her family. Right. Her and her younger brother and her mother and her father. Yep. And so they go to Aunt Edda's, the dad's Aunt Edda's house. Mm-hmm. She lives in like a mansion. Right. She's extremely German. Yes. And there's, there's, the thing that is kind of annoying about this segment is that they really felt the need to give all of these people, like, backstories that I just felt, I don't... It was too much. I totally agree. Yeah, it was also that it was like, it was just, it just felt annoying. The dad is like a business owner with this like, what, remember what it is? It's a tech thing, right? I don't care. It's it's I don't want to talk about it. It's really dumb. Okay. All of the, no, honestly, I wrote down in this segment... We'll get to it. But I wrote down, I don't care at all about this pathetic little family and their tragedies. I wrote, I wrote the same thing down, yeah. It just, it doesn't matter. Like, stop yeah. telling us about it. It was very boring. Anyway, they go to Aunt Edda's house because the dad needs money for something. For and his business. The mom is really mean. She makes them crack when they get there. It's like Paul Bunyan and Dracula gayed up and built a summer home. Oh, yeah. I was like, all right, I hate you. And the problem was is that I don't think that was supposed to make us hate her. Yeah. Which is like a real a fault of this movie is yeah. that that wasn't like a villainous thing for no, her to say. Like it, it was funny. funny. And I was like, don't say gayed up. Yeah. It's horrifying. Um, the kid, Duncan, knocks off a Krampus toy and breaks it. And there's an ominous moment with Gerhardt, the... And, and his boyfriend, I guess? I could not tell who he was. I thought he maybe worked on the property. Maybe. He's death from Supernatural, which means I was automatically, like, kind of uh, fond of him. Because yeah. he plays death really well in Supernatural. But he was kind of dumb in this. He was just like, you can't knock the Krampus thing off the... Th-. You know, he was just furious at Duncan. And Duncan's, like, a little shit. He's an yeah. asshole. He, he's probably, like, he purposely... N- no, he's a little older. He's probably 10 okay. or 11. Um, an 8-year-old, that might be more acceptable. But if you're like 10 or 11 or 12 and someone says, don't mess with that toy or that like ornament. Yeah. And he goes, whoops, and knocks it off. Oh, yeah. He does. He's an asshole. This. Like he's a bad kid, which we find out also later. He's a really bad kid. So then Aunt Edda's like, you got to get out of here. I'm not giving you the money they want. And they leave and they're in the car. They're just bickering. We're not going to talk about this because like. They're like a bickering white family. It's just, it's very classic. Just, we all know what it's like. We've all seen it. Um, And then Krampus runs across the road. Fucking Krampus big white horned demon that he is yep it looks ridiculous too he looks like a yeti which is the that makes me laugh is with that, with giant goat horns with giant horns but when he's running across the road and he's like pure white with black eyes it looks like he looks like bigfoot yeah when he's like he, oh. he's doing the like bigfoot run and they swerve off the road and no one seems to know that it was krampus everyone was like what what was that what the, happened what was that giant horned beast that ran us off the road no they don't say that they don't talk about they it. don't but they like no why wouldn't they notice the no. giant horned beast so they're sitting in the car for a while um continuing to bicker the reason we're even pausing to mention this is because i noticed that they green screened the outside of the car Did they? and i thought it looked so fucking cheap and stupid it's like bad because there's there are clearly exterior driving shots like mm-hmm. They're in this town. They're, yeah. They're not in. They're not on a set. Yeah. There's a lot of woods. And they're in sitting this in a movie. car, and you can see that it's green screened outside. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Put more effort into it, please. And then I don't care. They leave the car, and Krampus is hunting him. Yeah, he he's has got a, a hook. He has a hook on a chain. Yeah. He um, gets the dad. So they don't first. see Krampus for a, most of it. I feel like you just see the hook. Yeah. Um. You only see Krampus when they're in the church, but they kill the dad. Well, they first. they gut the dad. So he's kind he's of alive. right. He's just bleeding out. They Duncan ki- they, gets taken. They take Duncan. There's a whole segment of like Duncan got taken because he was bad, which I was actually like 
kind of terrified by, and I wish there'd been more of this, was that, mm-hmm. like, they were talking, the mom specifically is like, Duncan's innocent. Duncan was innocent. Why was he taken? And Caprice, the daughter, is like, no, mom, he kiss, he's murdered all of our pets. Yeah, like, where do you think like, our pets went? He killed all, he killed our cat. He, like, put the cat in a trash bag. I found him with blood. Yeah, on his hands. And, that, and then I was like, oh, my God, Duncan's a sociopath. Yep. He's like a future serial killer. And that, to me, was more fascinating than anything else that happened with them. I was like, wait, no. Tell this story of, yeah. like, Duncan being, like, the, the next Ted Bundy. Like, yep. I want to hear that story. But they're, like, in the mom and... They take in refuge church. in a church, yeah. Krampus is there. His tongue uh, is really long. And is like wrapping itself around Caprice's leg, which I thought was They're in a confessional. They're in a confessional and he like goes under the door. And she's like, there's something on my leg. And it's a fucking tongue. It was disgusting. So then we see Krampus, who is swole AF. He is real, real jacked. He's buff. Buff, sexy Krampus. (laughs) I was like, I literally said, why is Krampus so sexy? (laughs) Uh, But then Caprice is running back to Annetta's house because they were on their way back to Annetta's in the first place. And they because said they're about, near enough by. Right. Yeah. They said it was about a half an hour walk. So now that she's probably a little bit closer. So right. she runs there. Um, she gets led inside by Aunt Etta. And Aunt Etta is like, basically tells her there is no Krampus. Krampus is inside well, of us all along. She kills Krampus first. Oh, she does. But it turns out that Krampus was, was Gerhardt. Gerhardt. And when she's, and when Caprice is like, wait, I'm confused. Didn't he get let out of the ornament ornament when it fell? And Edda's like, no, Krampus is inside of us all along. When we get angry, Krampus comes out. The real Krampus was the Christmas rage we felt along the way. Exactly. That's exactly what I wrote down. The real Krampus was inside of us all along. When, upon realizing this, Caprice is like, oh, you purposely like made us go away so Krampus would chase us instead of you. So now I'm full of rage. I'm going to turn now, into Krampus. I'm Krampus in a very weird, horrible... It's so stupid. She literally like just melts into Krampus. Yeah. It's so bad. It's very bad. It's very dumb. And that's it. Presumably kills Aunt Etta, and then I don't know what happens to her. Who cares? There are... <laughs> this This is a really bad story. This is a pretty bad I one, I think yeah. the thing we've, we haven't talked about yet is the formal aspect of this, which is that it's shot so fucking stupidly. There's so many, like, tight, like, short zooms. And, like... <laughs> it's really poorly lit in most of it. Mm-hmm. It just looks bad. And yeah. like, again, dealing with like a haunting in a school, it's not new ground. So it's pretty easy to like, to build suspense. They just do it effectively. Mm-hmm. This, they're just like running around the woods and it looks stupid. Yeah. It's pretty bad. There's a lot of just running around the woods. We're supposed to feel a lot of emotions for these people because yeah. they keep revealing these like family. Oh, yeah. the dad, the business wasn't working out. They were going to lose everything. He was going to ask, you know, whatever. And then I don't remember there's something with the mom too. I don't remember. It, it was just so like a last ditch effort to make us care about these people yeah. that would failed miserably. Because even when the mom is like sacrificing herself for her daughter, I'm like, I don't care about yep. you. You said gate up five yeah. minutes ago. I don't like you. Yeah. So I think the idea of, the Christmas spirit can fill anyone, like including hatred, mm-hmm. is really interesting. I agree. This doesn't do anything. No, with it, I liked. I liked that. That was the twist of this story. Was that Aunt Edda was like, no, he wasn't Krampus. The, the, it's just an ornament. Yeah, there's no curse. It's just that the Christmas spirit can. I, I thought that was really interesting, yeah. but it wasn't. It's a shame. It's wasted on this. It's wasted on a pretty bad story. What do you think of uh, the makeup of of Krampus? Like. 
when she turns into Krampus? No, like the Krampus monster that's running around. I think it looks great. I don't. Yeah, I, don't, I was gonna say I don't mind it. I, it looks silly, but it looks it doesn't look cheap. That's the thing. He look. Yeah, he looks like a silly monster. He's like seven feet tall with the huge horns. And he's pure white. I don't know. I I kind of like the idea of Krampus being a little bit more tricky. Like elf-like or like goblin-like? Yeah, yeah, goblin-like, exactly. Not just like a brute force, which is what this Krampus is. He's just like a goat man. And he just like rams you with his horns and gets you with his... Chain. Chain on a stick. Is that... Who else has that, I feel like? I feel like that's a horror movie trope. I don't know. In any case, it feels feels familiar to horror in the first place. But but it's just brute force. And it's not as interesting as I feel like Krampus could be of like actually punishing the wicked and like being tricky. It made me want to watch the Krampus movie that also came out in 2015. Me too, because that has an amazing cast. And I'm yeah. very curious about how they roped all those great actors into doing a silly Krampus movie. But I hope it's good. We'll see. We're going to watch it. Let's watch it. <laughs> so how did you feel about this as a whole? Bad. Bad. Yeah, me too. It's not the worst that this is going to give us. We'll get there. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's just... It's, it's pretty not, low. It's not enjoyable. It's yeah. not enjoyable. No, it's pretty boring. If like I, I feel like I was separating a lot of these into like, what if this was a whole movie? Oh my god, I would die. But I would die if I sat exactly through an hour and a half of this. Some of these, some of these stories, like if horror in the hallways was more fleshed out and there was more of a thing, it could be its own movie. It might not be as good because part of it was in how small it was and how yes. short, and it was very quick, and they didn't have to do a lot with it. But if this was a whole movie, it would be painful, utterly yeah. horrible. It was so boring and terrible. So, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Into our next segment, which is Scott the Cop. Scott the Cop. It starts out the slowest of any of these, which is with a family of three, Scott the Cop, his wife, and their son, Will, chopping down a Christmas tree. They, in go, the into a, they go into the forest to chop it down. And they specifically go to some, like, private property. Private property, yeah. And, and this is, this is by the way, this is Scott the Cop from Horror in the Hallways. He was the cop who found the bodies the so, year before. So a year before this, he was traumatized mm-hmm. and singing away in a manger, and he had to go on stress leave. Right. And now... But now he's he's okay. He's, like, trying to bond with his wife and son again. Mm-hmm. Everything's okay. So they're out chopping a Christmas tree. Um, Will goes to the Upside Down. Basically, it was... That's exactly... He goes literally through a tree trunk into the Upside Down, and they can't find him. And, um, and you can tell also that they're kind of in two different places because the mom and dad are yelling for him. Yeah. And he's also yelling for them. And even though they're probably right in the same area, they can't hear each other. Yeah. So that kind of leads you to, like, oh... He's in a different dimension. He's somewhere else. And then uh, Scott the cop is by the tree trunk where we saw Will go inside. And Will comes out, but he's... Different. He's different. He's not Will. He's not talking. The the Will we saw even ever, ever so briefly before was very joyful. He was very happy. He was adorable. He was really cute. Um, and this Will who comes out is very dour. He doesn't say a word. He doesn't. He does not speak, and he's always got this. His his brow is always furrowed. He looks like he still looks like a child. Like there are children who are like that, mm-hmm. who always kind of look a little mad at you. Um, this is what Will looks like now, where he's just he he always has a very serious look on his face. And he There's a great a little, moment where they I don't know why they're asking him to smile. Maybe because they're taking a picture. Yes, and he like does it for a moment. He like smiles big, and then he goes back to his scowl and immediately. It looks, it looks so good. And it was I was like, this little kid actor is great. The actor, the child actor is amazing. Yeah. I am very impressed by him. He was great. So they're going about, it's Christmas Eve, by the way. We haven't mentioned any of this. This is all happening on Christmas Eve. We didn't mention that? I don't think we did. Oh, we should have. This is all happening on Christmas Eve, everybody. So Scott the Cop and his wife and Will are like at home having a nice time. They waited until Christmas Eve to chop down a tree. Which is weird. So they're decorating the tree. Um, And 
he's trying to get Will to decorate, and Will's kind of participating in like a weird little like not aggressive. Like he's not being he's not aggressive. He's, he's like, not being aggressive or scary. He's kind of cagey. He just seems like he doesn't want to be involved. play yeah. happy family with this family. Yeah. Um. But he like when his dad is like, Will, like here picking out an ornament. And I thought something scary was going to happen. I thought he was going to, like, crush it and stab him or something. But he, like, has this ornament, and he puts it in his dad's hand, and the dad hangs it on the tree. And it's, like, a nice moment. It's just weird. It's just, like, it's odd. It's And you can tell that it's different. But they also, we get a sense that we, since we know already that Scott left on stress leave, that maybe things have been strained between him and yes. his son before. Yes. So this might not be, like, the oddest behavior for him to have. But then they're eating dinner. And he's eating spaghetti. And he's shoveling spaghetti in his little mouth. It's just so much spaghetti. Mom's like, stop. <laughs> he's not breathing. He's, he's not just, breathing. He's just like, he's not even chewing. He's just shoving it in. And the mom's like, stop. And he, he doesn't. doesn't. And so the dad goes like, hey, seriously, listen to your mother. And he stabs his father's hand with a fork. With a fork. Which I knew was going to happen because it, it happens in um that movie uh, with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and his daughter's possessed... What on that? earth are you talking about? It's called Possession. The Possession is a movie, and it was in the trailers, which is why I remember it so well, but I have seen the movie, and he's talking to his daughter, and she's doing the same thing. She's stuffing waffles in her mouth, and he goes, hey, stop that, and she stabs his hand. So I was like, okay, you saw The Possession. You thought it was like a good move, and I thought it was a little stolen from that movie. I don't. I wouldn't give credit to The Possession, but okay. I'm, I would, actually. It's a pretty easy thing to think of. I don't know. It, fe- it it was so similar to that movie. And that, that nobody's and ever seen, but... A lot of people have seen it. It was on Netflix. Okay. Anyway. So then they all go to bed for Christmas, basically. And um, there's just tension. And he yeah. wants to kind of pretend nothing's wrong. And she's like, no, there's tension. And then he gets mad and leaves and goes to sleep on the couch. Well, he goes to drink. He's drinking a lot. He is drinking a lot. He's drinking a lot. And um, there's a shot here that I want to talk about. Oh, good. Um, she puts Will to bed. The mom. What's the mom's name? I don't remember. I feel really bad. I forget all their names. She goes to talk to Will. He's asleep in bed, but the window's open and it's cold. And she's like, I don't want my son to get frostbite. Whatever reason parents yeah. close windows. <laughs> he could just not be cold. It's Christmas Eve. It's snowing. Closes anyway. the window. And then we see a reflection in the window of like a monstrous face. Yeah. It's like a, this kind of scary white malformed face. With yellow eyes. Mm-hmm. And I think... That was great. I it agree. was subtle. Very well done. It wasn't a jump scare. No. It was, you know, I mean, you see it. It's clearly in the foreground, but it's like, you know. It was good. It's a reflection. I liked and it, it was a lot. Really, really, I really love well reflection in horror. It's always, always, I think it's a great device. Definitely. So that, it, it, I don't remember the order of what happens, yeah. but there's just a lot of drama because like Will's getting out of bed and he's moving around and the mom's trying to sleep and she like feels Will in bed with her and there's a creepy like sexual sexual moment Ugh. because and that's another reason we know that like this thing inside of him is even probably not even a child. Yeah. Like, there's nothing childlike about it. And then Scott wakes up and like presents are broken or ornaments are broken. I couldn't tell what was broken, but he presents have been like all ripped into. Right. So then he's like, oh, it was my terrible son. And he goes and this was a moment that I really hated because it made me lose a lot of empathy empathy for Scott, which is that he, like, gets Will out of bed. He, like, drags him out of bed. Um, the mom comes in. There's all this fighting. And he is, like, trying to get Will to admit that he broke into the presence. Yeah. And because Will's not speaking, I'm assuming because, like, a monster voice would come out. Right. Um, Will is being t- completely silent. Scott takes off his belt and starts to hit him. Yeah. And I was like, 
fuck no. No, like, there's no reason. I'm The whole thing's like, oh, he's on stress leave. He's so stressed. I don't care. They did set it up. When, um, when Scott gets stabbed in the hand, uh, the mom is going to be like, Scott, no. Oh, he goes back to hit him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he does. And again, like, made me lose some empathy for him. And the mother is great. She, like, immediately, like, grabs her son and is like, get the fuck out. Yep. So, like, she does a great job. Um, but, so he but, goes back to the living but it's room. Also, but it's also frustrating because you're like, no, there is something wrong with him. Like, this is not their son. So there's this frustrating element where I'm supposed to feel, like, mad at her and not mad at him because he's right. No, but- I agree. I agree that it's complicated. So, like, yes, he went through a really fucked up experience last year mm-hmm. uh, at Christmas Eve, and he is drinking too much. And clearly, there is something wrong with him. I am not advocating that beating your children is okay. But it is an interesting character element to him that he does not know what to do with this son and unfortunately, he's like turning to violence, but it's also not his son, and he knows that when his wife doesn't. And it's right. Well, that's well, that's the thing that was confusing for me was if he was saying this is not my son, I'm gonna beat him. Yeah, there'd be at least a feeling. Well, no, no, you know what I mean. Like, like we're not not beat him, but this isn't my son. Tell me who you are. Tell me where my yes. son is. Yes. And he was beating him. There'd be more of a feeling, but. He thinks there's something wrong with his son, but he still thinks that it's his son. And that's why it's still fucked up. It's very fucked up. Because it's like, and and the question isn't, between the parents, the question isn't, is it our son or is it not our son? It's, should our son be punished or should our, should our son be protected? Which and he should be punished. Like really fucked just up. Not just not with beating. Yeah. Physical violence. Exactly. Yeah. The, mother, the mother gets a I phone know. call. If my son stabbed me in the hand, I would be upset. I wouldn't hit my child, but yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the child should be punished. She doesn't want to punish him at all. And I don't she really was, get that. I agree. She didn't want... She told him to do something like stop eating when yeah. he when he stabbed his father's hand, and he didn't. And then she was like, "Go to your room." And then he was like, "Okay." And then left. We didn't say that. He like stopped eating and yep. and left. But it didn't feel like a punishment. It didn't feel like she actually even cared about Scott getting stabbed in the hand by their child. Yeah. It was just a very. There's a lot of weird stuff going on, but I understand her. Like, it's Christmas, and you don't want to think that things are like bad it was yeah. it's, it's it's hard it's very difficult i thought she was a very real character Again, there's a lot of there's a lot of depth and complexity here yeah it was very it was hard to deal with um but she gets a, an alarming phone call from a man that we saw who was on the it was probably his property it was his property when they were when they were driving in their car mm-hmm. uh, we saw him on his snowblower and he calls and he's like you know have you noticed anything wrong with your child you were on my property earlier and she's like what do you want and he, she's like bring the changeling back yeah and i think that you you knew this was a changeling because you'd heard the lyrics, the lyrics. in the opening scene and i had started to feel that way because it was like a child but i didn't know if it was going to tie into krampus which is like what was stopping me the whole yeah. time was i didn't know if all these stories were going to be about krampus but I, I eventually realized it's not and i was like okay it's a changeling and this is when i my brain took a turn because do you know the origin of changeling stories i don't don't so I mean, so, I'm gonna probably look this up later. There's an Angelina Jolie movie called Changeling. It's not about that. Um, oh, it's not. It's not. It's interesting. It's not actually about Changelings. It's about like an actual child. Wait, like, isn't it about like the police is lying to them? Yes, about... the police returns a child to her and is like, "This is your son," and she's like, "No, it's not." And they're like, "Yes, it is." So it's more about police conspiracy. That sounds more interesting. To like solve, to just be like close this case. Like the police don't care about actually finding children. They just want to like say that they found children. That's really interesting. So, the, so there's nothing supernatural about it. In any case, the Changeling story's origins are in um, autistic children that in the olden days, because autism has always existed, it wasn't created by vaccines, which we know, uh, <laughs> when autism, when autistic children were born in, in the olden days, parents were so 
confused because they didn't know like what happened to their children because they would like one second they'd have this baby that was sweet and to them to them sweet right. and loving and wonderful and then all of a sudden their child is like cold and unempathetic um at least to, to them. them because they didn't know how to like raise them raise children with autism and so they, there was always this feeling of like if i could just get my real child back and, and actually that's still kind of how bad parents of children with autism talk about mm-hmm. their children with autism is like I wish I I want to get my like my I want there to be a cure so I can get my child back. Yeah. And so there it really factors into this changeling story and it made me really uncomfortable with everything that was going on because I mean Will is a changeling. That's the problem. Yeah. Like he is one. They need to get rid of him. It's 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 a yes. he needs to go back to the woods where he belongs. But like the whole process of them dealing with it of Scott like beating him for not talking and beating him for bad behavior. Yeah. I was just like, I couldn't shake that. It made me so upset and uncomfortable. Yeah. So. Well, she's finding out it's a changeling. Scott is drinking more in the living room. Mm-hmm. There's another great shot with just like the glowing eyes in the background of the scene. He When he walks in the dark, he has glowing eyes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very scary. Um, and, you know, Scott has no idea. He's sitting there drinking. And then he ends up on the ceiling. And then. They have a fight. They have a fight. Well, then the mom. Here's the glass break. Here's the glass break. And there's this really great sequence where it's something from the Nutcrackers playing. Um, and she's Oh, it is. Yes, it's so good. And she's finding, like, the trail of destruction of, like, oh, this has been ripped open. And she's, like, walking into the living room. Again, she's scared. She doesn't really believe this guy on the phone who says it's not her son. Um, but she's clearly... Like, don't call back here again. Clearly she has absorbed this information. No, something is wrong, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know, she grabs a baseball bat. She doesn't know what's going on. And she, like, walks into the room... And sees Scott with his hand chopped off and his belt around his neck. Yep. This like bloodied next to the Christmas tree. Next to the Christmas tree, yeah. And. I don't remember when she sees Will. Playing with the hand? Playing with the hand. There's a point where she sees Oh, you know what happens? No. She walks in. This is actually, unfortunately, the worst shot of the scene. She sees Scott. The Christmas tree roars at her. Because clearly the the change is like behind it or in it. In it, yeah, yeah, And so she runs away. She calls the guy back and is like, okay, I believe you. It's a change like now. What do I do? And he uh, says, just bring it back. Just bring it. Don't let it know what you're doing. Because it can sense your... It can... It can sense your fear. Yeah. Then she walks back in the living room, and Will is, like, facing the Christmas tree. His shadow is red from the light. That was my favorite shot. I told you. It was, uh, his shadow is red from the Christmas tree, so it looks like blood. It looks like he's sitting in a puddle of blood, and I loved it. I thought it was such a great shot. Mm-hmm. And he's playing with Scott's hand, like, trying to get the ring off, it looks like. Yeah. Um, Which also makes sense She's like, hey, you want to go... Uh, on a ride? On a ride, yeah. Like... Tears are like drying on her face. The actress is great, amazing. Like, and because she's doing that thing where she's like, you can tell she's terrified, but she's going, "You want to go for a ride, mommy, and let's have some mommy and Will time. Mm-hmm. Like, just the two of us, we can just go for a ride." And he doesn't buy it. He for doesn't a buy second. it. So she has to bash him with a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Which I was also thinking, like, she has to get over the shock of like, even though she knows this is her son, she has to hit her son with a baseball bat. It's still his face. That's yeah. like it's really, horrible. Yeah. It's very sad because so, she's the she's a good mom. So, yeah. Like we know oh, yeah. from this, that she's great. So then this turns into a whole other thing because she she bags him up and, duffel, yeah. and brings him to the, the guy in the property. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy is a guy who herds trolls. 
He doesn't herd them. He like he owns the property that these trolls live on. But he keeps them in line. He does. He specifically is like their master. And he, and the immediately like there's a weird turn where he starts kicking the duffel bag and being like, "What what did you do? Like, oh, I I told you not to do this or whatever." And he's kicking it, and then he unzips it, and the troll comes out, and he's got a weird like yeah. scary little face. And she's just like, "I want my son back, like please." And the guy's like, "No, like I can't do it. I can't anymore. do it there. I can't I, go to the, their world and get him back yeah, for yeah. you." But so and there's trolls all surrounding her. Oh, she's like, got her husband's gun. Too. Oh, she does have the gun. She has Scott's gun. And the troll seems to, like, come at her for a second. Like, literally just, like, a moment of, like, f- like flinching. Mm-hmm. She shoots the troll master. The guy. The guy. The old guy who herds trolls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call him a troll herder. He's like a, he's like the a troll, troll master. And he dies. And there's a, this is a moment where you're like, oh, shit. She's fucked. She's in for it he now. He was the only one keeping them in line. Yeah, and now they're going to, like, rule the world or whatever the mm-hmm. hell they're going to do. Or at least murder her. Or kill her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just, again, this actress is awesome. She's just like, I just want my son back. She says it to the troll. To the troll. Yeah. The changeling. It? I don't know. The, the trolls also change it. Whatever. The trolls are, the changeling is when they become the child. So the trolls have the power to become changelings? Yes. Okay. Well, no, no. It's just, it's, a changeling isn't a creature. It's like, it's what they become when they go into a child. Gotcha. You wouldn't say like, oh, the troll. You'd be like, the troll is now a changeling. When the troll is Will, it's a changeling. Yes. Gotcha. Because it's usually fairies. And I thought the choice to make a trolls was interesting. Um, so then he goes inside the tree and brings Will out. Yeah. And I thought that was so cool that it was like this little moment. Cause, and it wasn't, it wasn't over explained. It wasn't like, like in the wizard of Oz, if the trolls were like, you saved us now we're free yeah. all hail. You know, like it was just this moment of you realize that they, they're thanking her right for freeing them. It is ambiguous though, whether or not they're malevolent or not. Like we don't know. They might go on to wreak havoc and destruction from here on out true the person and keeping them alive may have been a good a good thing but they're still rewarding i her. didn't think so i felt like one i was very, i felt very complicated about this changeling especially at the end when it like does a, a, a nice act mm-hmm. um which is like when he is will he only hurts people when provoked we don't know what his end game is in becoming a changeling. We don't we don't like when he, he comes, wants to experience human pleasures yeah so he's like eating he wants to fuck his mom <laughs> You're making it sound so much worse. That happens. He like molests her in her sleep. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so I guess the more complicated thing is like that he can they, they can be evil and want to do bad things, but also understand an act of good deserves an act of good. Sure. Does that make more sense? Sure, but what are they going to do now to pour Bailey Maybe, Downs? They might just continue living in their forest. Why they want to do human shit? Well, they will. They'll continue to hurt people who come into their land. But they might just stay in their land. Okay. I think that the you idea... You have a lot of faith in these trolls. I do. This is also the first story to be concluded, and it ends on such a sweet note of... It's Will coming back out, and he's in his underwear, because yeah. the troll stole his clothes. Yes. Yeah. And they just, like, go off, and presumably to have a... I don't know. It's a not really happy, a terrible Christmas. they have to go clean up the Scott's dead body. Dead. Of, yeah. And, and Will p- doesn't know, because Will has now come home to his father, bloodied and... Yeah. <sighs> it's sad, but it's... It's, it's a very up note, because the... I mean, if the mother had lost her husband and her son in the same day, you would have just been so upset and horrified for her. Um, but the fact that she gets her son back is like, they're going to be okay. They're going to deal with this loss and it's going to be horrible, but they're going to be okay, mm-hmm. just the two of them. So It is the most hopeful of these endings. It and is. And again, it's the first one we see because it's cutting between them. It's the first ending we see. It is. 
So now let's pivot to the fourth story, which is also the one that ends up ending the movie. Oh, but the it also starts it. The first it is. Right. character we see in this movie is Santa Claus, walking through the stables, talking to reindeer. Mm-hmm. He turns around, he has a gash on his face, and the doors are like of the stable are shaking. shaking. But then it cuts to something else. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's our that's our preview. Mm-hmm. And then, well, then it, doesn't it cut to like, at one point it's like 12 hours earlier? Yeah, it's 12 hours earlier and it's Dangerous Dan is what it is. Right. So this is all Christmas Eve. Uh, Dangerous Dan, it's Christmas Eve morning. Mm-hmm. So we know that we know that it's going to end up on Christmas Eve night. Santa's going to be fighting yeah. something. So this story, again, it's it's peppered throughout, but the gist is that Santa's real, mm-hmm. and he has a workshop, mm-hmm. and he has elves, elves, and and, he, and Mrs. He has Claus. A sexy wife. He does have a hot wife. I I hate when that happens. It makes me crazy. But she's got long flowing hair, and she's making cookies for everyone. So I don't know. He's just like. He's just hanging out, talking to the it's elves. It's Christmas Eve, so they're having, they're doing work. They're yeah. like, it's a, it's a hard knock life for us, but also we love Christmas and Christmas cheer. Mrs. Sexy Mrs. Claus comes in, offers them all cookies. The elves are like, yay. But Shiny the Elf, and I quote here, doesn't want a goddamn cookie, you reindeer fucking snow whore. Yeah. So now we're in this movie where, like, none of the rest of these movies have excessive profanity, right? The rest of these movies also, you know, they seem like... No, they're not. They're not obscene. They don't have excessive gore. No, they're not. They're not over the top stylized. Um, they feel like human characters, and mm-hmm. you know other things, mm-hmm. acting quote unquote rationally, even, or at least the way that movie characters do. You know, proceeding through a story. Even the sex between. Um, I was just thinking this. Even the sex between Molly and Ben is like not really pornographic. No, it's a very like. Tasteful and it's subtle. There's a lot subtle. of subtlety. There's I, not I, I wouldn't say tasteful. It's subtle. There's no subtlety in the. Krampus story, but at least in Horror in the Hallways and Scott the Cop, there's like a lot of subtlety and it's mm-hmm. it's taken seriously. But even uh, the Krampus story does not have like it's not profane. Yeah, there, there, like there isn't this level of like reindeer fucking snow whore. Like that's that is beyond. So that's the way that this elf is talking now. Shiny. So he's got the sickness. He gets he chops off his own hand. I think um, something happens. He dies. Uh, yeah, he dies, and then... Violently. My, my favorite part of this whole thing is that Santa Claus, as a character, really likes to affirm what other people are saying. So, one of the other elves is like, oh no, he's dead. Elves can't die, elves can't can they? Die. And then Santa Claus is like, no, they cannot. They cannot. Like, a zoom in on his face, and he goes, they cannot. So, the rest of this segment... Is, zombie elves. Is Santa fighting zombie elves? They're all sick with something. They're all using very powerful language against every, him. Every obscene word you can think of, they say. They say. It's horrifying. I'm going to eat your fucking brains out, you fucking Christmas cunt. Yeah. Yeah. Like It's real bad. Again, cut to, you know, that that might be in between scenes of Will's mom grappling with the horrors of this and, yeah. you know... The suspense of horror in the hallways, and then just like elves swearing and blood flying. There's everywhere. blood. There's so much blood. There's so much like. There's also zombies. So shiny keeps coming back over and over and over and over again. I, I have to be honest. Every time, every time we cut to this stupid North Pole Santa story, I was like, "Is this a joke?" Yeah. Like it feels like a parody of a movie. It feels like some dude bros like pitching an idea of like, "Oh man, what if like Santa was just like killing slaughtering elves. zombie elves?" Dude. And they all were talking about fucking Christmas cunts. Like literally, it's horrible. And what my thought was was that 
it feels like a movie made in like the 80s or 90s that became like a Christmas cult film. Do not insult the 80s and 90s that no, no, way. No, no, no. It does what, that's totally how it feels to me because there's, no. there's so many like weirdly quotable lines. This feels like a sci-fi original movie. It's like a 2000s action movie because of the oversaturation is like a Zack Snyder film. You know, the use of color, the gore spurting everywhere. It's just like, it's like cheap and shitty and it's like a parody. It's like an asylum movie. I don't think it feels like sci-fi. I think that it, the dialogue, I agree with you, the way that it's filmed. No, not sci-fi, the genre, sci-fi, the channel. The channel, I know. Yeah. I don't think it feels like, like Ice a, Spiders. I don't think it feels like, a, I know, and Tin Man. And Alice. Who are, no, which no, no, are, no, 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 no. Those are like good things. I'm talking about like... <sighs> They're made on sci-fi. Like, no, <laughs> like Sharknado kind of things. That's what we're talking My point, about here. Okay, I agree, with how, I agree with how it's filmed. I agree that with you with the way that it's filmed. I think the dialogue feels old. It feels like the way... It feels like it's a movie that like I would buy was made 50 years ago or, or 40 years ago and has now become like cult classic. Like I could, I could 100% picture that. People like watching this ridiculous like... Like Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, but like Santa Claus Fights Zombie Elves. Don't insult Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. I haven't seen it, but it's the same idea of Santa Claus Fights Zombie Elves. That idea, that script, feels old to me. This feels like a joke. I mean, like, it's just, it doesn't feel like a real movie. It does. It feels like, I'm serious, like, some Comedy Central bros came up with it while stoned eating Cheetos. Like... Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's like, it's very... It does feel like a whole other movie. It it looks different. It sounds different. The acting is totally different. There's so much slow mo and like zoom zoom ins. It felt like, it feels like it was directed by someone else completely different. Like it's one of these three guys who directed this. I, it's bizarre. Maybe two of them directed the good ones, and then this one guy directed Maybe. the bad one. It's horrible. There's it's also really bad. There's no story. It's just Santa Claus. It's just Santa Claus killing elves. Killing elves. Like all over his workshop. It's like they're in the elevator with him. There's yeah. a whole scene where the elevator doors close with him and three elves, and then they open, and it's him, and he's yeah. murdered all the elves. And he's he using, scalps, jingles, throws him through a window. He does. He's using his. It's weird. He's using a staff that has like a circle kind of on the end of it. Yeah. Like a spiral. It's like a. It's and like, then it has a sharp tip, but I don't I understand. Feel like I've seen Santa have a staff before. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This one looks weird, and I don't understand how he's killing people with it. It must be sharp because he like yeah. slices shiny with it. But it's like, it just, it doesn't look. It looks weird. It's just very weird. People just, I mean, someone had the idea of a badass Santa and zombie elves and, you know. And ran with it. I guess so. This happens for so long. It's so many, yeah. So many of these things. If this was a, if this was a whole movie, speaking of, I would, I would not be able it to would tolerate be horrible. it. Horrible. But it, it's so out of place when they cut to it. And so many of the things that are the same. It's the same sequence is the problem because they're like not back to back. Right. Santa's walking. An elf comes out, says a phrase that is profane and horrible, and then. Santa kills and him. then Santa kills him, and that's it. That's that way it all happens. And shiny keeps coming back for more because he's a zombie. And he at one point kills, he is walking like in a library, kind of looks like a library, and Mrs. Claus is there, and she's infected. She's the original zombie, I think was the implication. Was it? I don't know, I, I thought so. I don't think it was the implication, but she's she's now infected and he kills her. Oh, I thought he inf- she infected the elf somehow. It's possible. She made the cookies, I don't fucking know or care. But he kills her, so now it's just him and he's alone. He goes to She's the, the one who gives him the gash. The that's gash when I, that's when face. I was like, thank God we're nearing the end of this story. Yes. Because that's what I kept waiting for was whenever the gash was going to happen. Like Because then we knew it was going to be... Close to... Close to him in the stables. Exactly. So he goes there. He turns around to look at the shaking door. Krampus fucking shows it's up for Krampus. some reason. The same Krampus. Jacked, sexy Krampus. Santa's line, 
upon Swole Krampus bursting through the door is, I knew it, Krampus. Slight zoom. The enemy of Christmas. Yep, there's a lot of slight zooms on Santa's face. And uh, that's what led it to me, to me to feel like a cult film, I guess. Was all, it's yeah. all those zooms on his face and he's he's got wide eyes and it's him saying things like, Elves cannot die, the walking dead, Krampus, the enemy of Christmas, you know? I can't tell if the actor playing Santa is doing a good or bad job with this. Because he's doing what he's being told to do. Probably, He's yeah. doing, like, a good job He's of... trying to, like, camp it up. Exactly. Because it's supposed to... It, it, the castle also is, like, utter CGI. Yeah. You always see it from the outside with the snow falling, and it's just this big cgi castle. It is so Also, bad. Santa lives in a castle, you know. It's not a workshop. It's a castle, apparently. That's pretty common, actually. Santa's a castle? Yeah. His castle, like, is a workshop. Is it like Darth Vader's castle? Yeah. On Mustafar? Exactly. Except it's on Hoth. Santa's castle's on Oh, high. everything makes sense now. Santa rides a tauntaun. We can't avoid talking about Star Wars. <laughs> we try. So, now we're to the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Santa fighting Krampus. Krampus got his hook. Santa's got his staff. Thingamajig. And we have a twist, ladies and gentlemen. We do. The whole time, like we said from the beginning, Dangerous Dan is on his radio station saying... Don't go down to the mall. Something's happening. I hope we hear from Storm and Norman. Check in. Tell us you're all right. Norman, tell us you're okay. The police are saying, everyone just go. We don't know how many hostages there are. And I said to you, I was like, something like a guarantee Storm and Norman did something. Did something. Oh, because we, we, we totally forgot about this. In the very beginning of the movie, he asks Norman to say something about Christmas. And Norman writes, fuck Christmas on a, legal on a pad. notepad and like holds it up to for Dangerous Dan to see. Yep. So we know Norman hates Christmas, and I was like, Norman, absolutely, like, shot up the shopping mall on Christmas Eve, yeah. guarantee it. But what it turns out happened instead is that Storm and Norman had, like, a psychotic, a psychotic break, break yeah. and thinks that he's Santa fighting zombie elves. Zombie elves. And but the instead, whole time, he's fighting people in this mall. He's, like, like presumably the elves who work at the mall. Yeah. He's, like, killing them. No, he's also killing other people, too, like... The woman in the storeroom yeah, who we yeah. thought was Mrs. Claus. Yes. So the whole time, uh, it was just Norman. There were no zombie elves. There is no Santa Claus. It's just Storm and Norman killing everyone. And, and he and gets killed by the cops. He does. The the cops he, has, he has a moment of realizing where... Because we see Santa fighting Krampus. And, and Krampus is like, no, Norman, Norman stop. Norman, no. What did I ever do? Like, Norman, what what's going on? And then we flash in and we see it's a mall employee. Yeah. And... Norman. And we see like a flashback. We see Norman say fuck Christmas. We see Norman in the bathroom putting a Santa costume on and like clearly having yeah, that yeah. moment where his brain turns mm-hmm. and he, now he thinks that he's Santa Claus. And it is actually pretty terrifying. I was totally shocked. I was blown away. I really thought, I mean, I agreed with you. You brought up the, you know, Norman probably shut up the mall. I thought that was also happening in Bailey Downs. I didn't think mm-hmm. it was this. Me neither. I thought, I thought that. And was just going to be, oh, Norman was Norman was the perpetrator. Now he's dead. We're sad. Yep. I, th- I thought that was just going to be the end. But th- the fact that it tied in with this Santa thing is insane. I feel I'm so conflicted about it. On one hand, it almost justifies the horrible, stylized, action movie, dumbass bullshit. I think it really does. On the other, I still had to sit through that. And it was really unenjoyable. But this is what I said also, is that like... There's this feeling of because we had to sit through it and because we hated it so much, the twist of it not being real was so good and satisfying. Because if we'd liked that story, if I'd been like, I love the Santa Claus story, and then it had turned out to be fake, I might have been disappointed. But because we hated it so much, it was like, 
thank God it's not real. This is a great twist. Because I did think, like, if this, if all that is just happening in Norman's mind, and he's seen all the bad stuff we've talked about, all those bad sci-fi movies and cult films of the 80s about Santa Claus and all these different just bad action movies or whatever, that makes sense that that's how his brain is working. And that's, that's when he's Santa, he's this hero killing these elves who are saying these disgusting, horrible, profane things. And he's the hero. And it like, I don't know, it just, it made so much sense to me with that twist. I ended up really buying it. It does kind of redeem it. Again, I don't, I don't know that I know how I feel about it yet. It does redeem to some extent, and it does, like, I mean, it makes it actually dark and, like, makes me feel bad inside, you know. About which is its him. goal. Yeah, which is what it's trying to do. Um, but I still think, I don't know. I don't know. I Again, I, I mix feelings about it getting out of, it getting out of this unscathed because it has a twist ending that mm-hmm. redeems it. Well, we, we did just spend probably, like, 15 minutes criticizing it. Yeah, that's true. R- regardless, because, yeah. yes, the dialogue is horrible. It's so unnecessarily violent. It looks cheap it looks horrible it's just really bad it has no story like not even not even he's not trying to figure out anything about the zombies he's not trying to escape he has no motivation the idea is maybe that like he thinks it's krampus because he says something like only he could do this and then and he's the enemy of christmas and then then he knows when he comes he's like oh i knew it but there's nothing he's not trying to find krampus he's not not trying to like discover where the source is he's just wandering his workshop murdering elves it's absurd but it, like again, like it makes sense with the story of Norman going on this horrible Christmas slaughter campaign. Unfortunately, like, it's it's. I agree with you. It's really hard to process because we did have to watch the entire yeah. movie. Yeah. But I thought it was. I, it's I a was, good twist. I wasn't really expecting it at all. I was shocked. Yeah. And it's sad. It's really sad. Like we like now we know like the kid who died in the basement of the school. His mom was at this event, yeah, yeah. and that's horrible. So, like, it's it's a very like we said, like one the only one of these stories ends happily, and it's just Scott the cop, and we can even barely yeah. call that happy because he's dead. But like, this is a it's a very sad movie, and I think that the I reason mean, it's sad is because they did actually make us care about these characters for the most, which part, I appreciate. Not not um, and then. That family. I don't care that she died, but I care that like Bailey Downs is fucked. Bailey Downs is fucked. Like it's a bad place, and like they just had, they they had, they were t- they talked the whole movie about this Christmas tragedy that happened the, week, the year before when yeah. the two kids were killed. It's awful. This year is tops worse. that. Yeah. It's really the death count is high. And the end of the movie is William Shatner slash DJ Dangerous Dan um, mm-hmm. talking about like God, why, why is cursed? Bailey Downs like, like this? What's, yeah, what's the and why and are people suffering? And it's sad for him too because like, Storm and Norman is. The guy who worked yeah. for him is like t- is dead and uh, murdered everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, his grandchildren, his probably maybe his daughter or his son, yeah, we don't and his know. grandchildren who were the Krampus family with Anna are dead. All of them. Well, one of them, Caprice is probably alive as Krampus. We don't know what she's. No, no, she probably ceases to be Krampus when her rage uh, subsides. So she's an orphan. Maybe she'll go live with Dangerous Dan. Yeah, why not? That make a happy ending. In any case, it's very sad and upsetting, and it ends on a real low note for Christmas. But then the credits have clearly just like Shatner improving. I would oh, have to yeah. assume it was very in character funny. as DJ Dan, just like doing some like radio hits, and it's really funny. It is. It's like really funny. It made me walk away from this movie a lot happier. Mm-hmm. Is uh, and William Shatner is great in the whole thing. He really is. He's very funny, and he 
adds this like dark humor to the whole yeah. thing that is just great. I really enjoyed him. Do you want to rank the stories? I do. So I'd say the clear worst is Santa's Workshop. I think I agree with you. It's it is so hard for me to say because that twist is so good, but it's it is awful to watch. So I'll 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 agree with you there. Well, the other contender would be number three. I think is the Krampus story. Yes. So it it goes either way because mm-hmm. the Krampus story is bad from minute one to minute thirty, and stays it's not bad even the long. whole time. It's like Twenty. Probably. Yeah, probably. And I don't know. And uh, the Santa story is like bad, 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 and then really good. So it's hard to say. Yeah. They're maybe interchangeable depending. And the two good ones, I think both the remaining ones are actually good. Because we're considering uh, Dangerous Dan just a part of the Santa yeah, one, Yeah, right? he doesn't have an arc, you know? He's no. just he's just there to guide but us like through. like we already said, we enjoyed him, so. Oh, I love he's him. He's high on the list. I love him. But then, um... Two, I two would is, say... Hallways of Horror? Horror in the Hallways? Horror in the Hallways, probably. I think so, yeah. I because really enjoyed the Scott one, the Cop story. It's got the Cop. I think Scott the Cop is it's just executed so well. Acting's great. The acting's great. The filmmaking is really, really well done. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very telling, subtle. It's subtle, and it's telling a very tight story, and it's doing so really well. Again, mm-hmm. I think there's complexities to these characters. And that, to the monsters. And we to the monsters. We don't have complexities. Maybe in Krampus, there's that interesting idea that well, he's like, Krampus doesn't exist. He just... You become Krampus. He's, he's hatred you know? and bad Christmas. He doesn't spirit. have his own. And that's interesting. Identity. But it doesn't save the story. And the changeling slash trolls in this are actually like yeah. interesting and nuanced. And I really enjoyed them. So that's the problem. Actually, is that like a lot of this isn't that good? Uh, like a, a, a big chunk of it. Not yeah. a majority. A big chunk of it is not that good. Mm-hmm. And yet, I feel very fond of it right now. I do. I like would maybe watch parts of this again. Yeah, and I'd recommend it. Yeah, if you're look, if you want a horror movie for Christmas, and, and you've you already seen Krampus, <laughs> uh, or you've seen Black Christmas, which isn't fun, no, the 1974 Black Christmas, we've already talked on this podcast. The 2006 Black Christmas is a travesty. Don't, don't ever, ever watch. Don't it. ever. But if you if you want something that's like fun and definitely Christmassy, it definitely feels like Christmas. Yeah, it's not a bad way to spend an hour and a half. It's not. Not not on Christmas. Don't don't ruin oh, no. your, don't no, ruin no. your Christmas or your Christmas Eve. Or but if you're in the mood in the yeah. in the next couple days or after Christmas and you still want to watch some Christmas horror, this is a pretty good route to go down. I did want to say if someone had told me that this movie was amazing, I probably would have hated it. Yeah. But going in thinking it's going to be pretty bad, I really liked it. That's true. That's true. So if you know. Keep that in mind also that like it's not it's not fantastic, but it, it does a it does a good job at what it's trying to do in Parts a lot of, of in a lot of ways. That's a that's a hard thing about anthology films. And the hard thing about this is like unlike say like, I don't know, a VHS or something, you can't just watch a segment of it. You you gotta That's true. That's why it, it's it's, it's like Extraordinary Tales, which was the same kind yeah, of way. Exactly. Like just just we recommended watch, just watch that first one and you're done. Uh but this you kind of just sit through everything and I'm sorry for anyone who sits through that's Santa part because it is Oof. awful. All right, you want to uh, you want to transform into Buff Krampus and hook this one out of here? I'd rather go into the Upside Down with the trolls. <laughs> All right. So we're not going to have an episode next week because we're going to be on holiday. We're not. The next time you'll hear our voices is 2017. Oh boy! I really hope it's a better year. Be kind than this past year. So let's see if we can start off on a good foot. Yeah, let's wind up that roulette. Next year's movie will be Deathgasm. I hate this so much. Oh no.
two teenage boys unwittingly summon an ancient evil entity known no, as the blind one. I don't want to watch this. It's the job. Fine. Okay. We gotta. Next year we begin 2017 with Deathgasm. <laughs> Another 2015 movie. I feel like There's so many. Net- all of Netflix movies are just like made recently. It's They're just, just a year like old. A, yeah, it should be like a streaming service for 2015 movies. Okay, Deathgasm. The director of Deathgasm did visual effects on the Hobbit movies and... That's worse. That makes me feel worse. Oh, boy. So we hope that everyone has uh, happy holidays and a wonderful new year. Wonderful holidays and new year. Please, let's let's make 2016 go out with a bang. Yeah. It's a bad year, but we can uh, make it good in that last few weeks. Yeah. Hope you're able to uh, spend time with people you love and mm-hmm. enjoy them. You can find us on our website at nowscreaming.com. On Facebook at Now Screaming and on Twitter at Now Screaming Pod. Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Spread the holiday cheer. Spread the Krampus cheer. The Krampus cheer. The Krampus was inside of us all along. Ah. Ah. Uh, thanks, as always, to Jonas Slyko for our music and Anna Campbell for our logo. Thanks to Wes Craven. Did he ever make a holiday movie? No. Thanks, Wes Craven. Thanks for making 2016 a little more bearable with your movies. Yeah miss you every day yeah all right happy holidays everybody until next year have a great end of 2016 bye bye bye